<laughs> Welcome back, everybody. This is whatever we're around the podcast. We do whatever we're around. And uh, today, we are going over Romans 11. That's right. We put it off for far too long. And it's time. And today, we have the... Uh, we have, well, not the... The, the, the question... We, we have the questionable quattro this time. Yeah, this is very questionable <laughs> quattro. Uh... As one of the uh, this quattro is a returning guest star, uh, none other than Jacob. Woo. Say say hi, Jacob. Hey yo. That's Jacob. That's the only thing he knows how to say. <laughs> yeah. It's Got him through the entire educational system, though. Almost all of it. <laughs> he couldn't get past kindergarten. <laughs> 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 Anyway, (laughs) but yeah, so we're going to dive into Romans 11 today, and PJ volunteered off screen. Uh, PJ is going to start us off reading, and Jacob's going to finish reading. I think, PJ, you can read through. uh, Are you telling me what to do? Yes. Are you telling me, the host, what to do? Yes. You think I'm just going to sit idly by? PJ, you can read through... 20. I will read 20. one verse. <laughs> All right, PJ, read through 24. And then Jacob I will can close read us through out. 23 because you told me. <laughs> All right, read through 23. <laughs> All, right. All, right. All right. You can have the host. Jacob, the new host. Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> Hello, guys. <laughs> Whatever we're around. <laughs> Michael, why is your version of Jacob a teenage girl? <laughs> why is Jacob's version of Jacob a teenage That's girl? That's true. I did tell the professor that you had a PhD in voice cracks. I know. You're really just roasting me. Oh, yeah. The- but then he, he also- said that was a more useful PhD than his PhD in theology, so... Yeah, I know. I'm just you also said you, you also said you haven't had an interesting guest except for your brother. Yeah. So I'm kind of. So kinda... Jacob was an interesting guest. No, but like you know, I exist. Michael, you're not you're not a guest. <gasps> Am I family now? You are. You are. You are the, the, the quintessential quattro. I've been waiting for this. <laughs> You're no longer a guest. You don't become family. part of you don't become part of the family by being part of the forgettable four. Is that our current name? Fantastic. It, it was it was the uh, questionable quattro. The questionable quattro. Sorry, <laughs> the forgettable four. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one better. Marvel's new spinoff of Fantastic Four is the yeah. forgettable four. Yeah, so we don't have the rights to Fantastic Four anymore. So <laughs> anyway, all right, PJ. Thank uh, uh, you. Uh, I say then, God has not rejected his people, has he? May it never be, for I too am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham, or the tribe of Benjamin. God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. Or do you not know what the scripture says in the passage about Elijah, how he pleads with God against Israel? Lord, they have killed your prophets, they have torn down your altars, and I alone am left, and they are seeking my life. But what is the divine response to him? I have kept for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. In the same way, then, 
there has also come to be at the present time a remnant according to God's gracious choice. But if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. Pause. Time on. Michael, are you eating your mic? <laughs> what? <laughs> Jacob just here. <laughs> okay, I did not. Gr- did I grunt? Oh my god! I did not mean to. I was, I was, I was moving. I was moving in my chair. And- <laughs> It sounded like you're opening like something in cellophane or something. You're like right up next to your mic. <laughs> yeah, I- I'm actually filming an unboxing video as you guys are recording this. Off screen. Anyway, continue at verse seven, PJ. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, what then? What is your <laughs> <laughs> not obtained? But those who were chosen obtained it, and the rest were hardened, just as it is written. God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes to not, eyes to see not, and ears to hear not, down to this very day. And David says that their table become a snare and a trap and a stumbling block and a retribution to them. Let their eyes be darkened to see not and bend their backs forever. Oh gosh! Uh, I say then they did not stumble so as to fall, did they? May it never be. But by the, their transgression. Salvation has come to the Gentiles to make them jealous. Now, if the transgression is riches for the world and their failure is riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their fulfillment fulfillment be? But I am speaking to you who are Gentiles. Inasmuch then as I am an apostle of Gentiles, I magnify my ministry. If somehow I might move uh, to jealousy my fellow countrymen, and save some of them. For if their rejection is the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? If the first piece of dough is holy, the lump is also. And if the root is holy, the branches are too. But if some of the branches were broken off, and you, being a wild olive, were grafted in among them, and became partaker with them of the rich root of the olive tree, do not be arrogant toward the branches, but if you are arrogant, remember that it is not you who supports the root, but the root supports you. You will say then, branches were broken off so that I might be grafted in. Quite right, they were broken off for their unbelief, but you stand by your faith. Do not be conceited, but fear, for if God did not spare the natural branches, he will not spare you either. Behold then the kindness and severity of God. To those who fell, severity... But to you, God's kindness. If you continue in his kindness, otherwise you also will be cut off. And they also, and they also, if they do not continue in their unbelief, will be grafted in. For God is able to graft them in again. All right, Jacob, 24 through the end. After all, if you were cut out, of an olive tree that is wild by nature and contrary to nature were gifted and cultivated gifted into a cultivative cultivated olive tree how much more readily will these the natural branches be crafted into their own olive tree i do not want to want you to be ignorant of this mystery brothers and sisters so that you may not be concited. 
conceded. conceded. Israel has experienced a hardening in part until the fall number, full number of the Gentiles has come in. And in this way, all Israel will be saved. As it is written, the deliverer will come from Zion. He will turn godlessness away from Jacob. And this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. As far as the gospel is concerned, they are enemies for your sake. But as far as election is concerned, they are loved on account of the patriarchs. For God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. 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 Just as you who were at one time disobedient to God and now have now received mercy as a result of their disobedience. So they, too, have now become disobedient in order that way that they, too, may now receive mercy as a result of God's mercy to you. For God has bound everyone over to disobedience so that he may have mercy on all of them. Oh, the depth of the, of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been his counselor, who has ever given to God, that God should repay them for them, for from him and throughout him, through him, and for him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so I I really like this chapter because it kind of carried in from 10. And reading, starting off in like verse 1, it says, I ask then, has God rejected his people? By no means. Why does he say, I ask then, has God rejected his people? Well, if you read the last verses of 10, it's talking about how Israel has basically been ignorant. And that's summarized in like verse 21. It says, but of Israel, he says, all day long, I have held out my hand to a disobedient people and a contrary people. That's just pointing out how God has always been there, willing to help Israel and always been there for Israel and how they've constantly just either totally rejected it or just were oblivious to it again and again and again. But yeah, so that's just some context. And did you guys have anything from the first couple of verses that you guys really liked? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, even though a majority of the Jewish people had like rejected that Jesus was the Messiah, they, um, God still didn't reject them. Yeah. Yeah. It's not too late to surrender ever. And... Yeah. And also, um, <clears throat> me and one of our faithful listeners, Keenan, where we went through this a couple days ago. And uh, one point that we, what we really liked is, uh, and it's in verse six, where he's talking about uh, Elijah and Elijah's calling out to God saying, I'm the last one. They killed all of your prophets. And he says, no, I have 7,000 men who are still devoted to me. And then, in, well, actually, technically, it's in verse 5 here. And then in verse 5, it says, so too at the present time, there is a remnant. Like the same as back then when Elijah thought he was the only one. Uh, there's still a remnant of Jews that believe. And 
no duh, because who is one of the ones that's writing this letter to the Gentiles? Paul, and he is what? A Jew, and so is all the other uh, disciples, and so were the first couple thousand that were saved. They were all Jews. So as much as most of the Jewish nation rejected Jesus and the message that he brought, God still had a remnant of his people who were totally devoted and faithful to him. It's the same thing we see throughout all of the Old Testament history and throughout history in general. So I thought that that was really cool because sometimes it looks pretty hopeless. I mean, we have it pretty good in some of our situations because we're surrounded by godly people. But just always remember that even when you feel like completely, completely just surrounded by darkness and you feel alone, uh, God has his remnant out there. And <laughs> he will always take care of his remnant. So very cool. You guys have anything else from like the first six verses? Um, I don't, it's not from the first kind of in verse 29, it just says for God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. Yeah. I don't know. It's just kind of standing out to me. I don't, I mean, I don't really know what it exactly, like what irrevocable exactly means, but. Yeah, no, I had that verse highlighted too. I was going to get to it when we got there. But I I like that verse so much because in the context of what he's talking about, he's still talking about like the Jews and how they're God's for technically chosen people and that stuff. But he's talking about how the Gentiles have been grafted into God. God they've been given their own promises and irrevocable means they cannot be taken away. They are you cannot overpower them. You cannot uh, unsay them you will not do anything to hinder them and that is really cool for the gifts and the calling of god are irrevocable which is totally cool because like looking back in scripture you never see where god calls somebody and they like just straight up say no and it like god just moves on to the next best you know mm-hmm. like right. we see kind of that with jonah but even then did god move on to somebody else no. <laughs> No, that's kind of the whole story of Jonah. And even in that, God used Jonah's disobedience as a, like his own testament too. Like he, he, he used that specifically because he knew that there was going to be something greater to come out of that. Because later, Jesus, it's funny, one of the only people that Jesus compares himself to is Jonah. <laughs> Which is really weird. But mainly Jesus is comparing himself in the sense that Jonah was in the belly of the whale which was also called Sheol or death. Some people think that Jonah actually died for three days and Jesus would die for three days and come back. The same as Jonah was spit up by the fish, not the whale. Sorry, because that's not confirmed, but the fish after three days. So that's why Jesus compared himself with Jonah, not because Jesus, you know, was rejecting what God told him to do because he is God. So (laughs) not to confuse anybody. I love how in Jonah that like, as soon as like he he gets like spit out by the fish god's like yay great okay i'll go to Nineveh. yeah he's like, <laughs> like yeah, as soon as let's go <laughs> yeah <laughs> that is... verse is also the even more irrefutable proof of uh that the argument that you can walk away from god is uh is uh moot yeah or more or less that you can lose your salvation yeah you can walk away from God, but he's always right there by you. Irrevocable. Yeah. And that ties into verse 6, 
where it says, but if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace would no longer be grace. There you go. End of end of the works argument, <clears throat> which he's kind of preaching to the choir here, but not really, because you look at the, 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 the Greek or the not the Greek, the Gentile church at the like early stages. It was pretty messed up. <laughs> it was it was it was really messed up. So to these people, it's kind of an encouragement, but it's also saying like, all right, you might be looking on other brothers like they're lost or completely gone because they're doing terrible stuff. But remember, uh, it's about grace, not about works, because if it was about works, it would no longer be grace. So keep encouraging them and calling them back to walking the right way because they're not they're not out of the kingdom. So we want to call them to live like kingdom people. So, yeah. But I also, in verse 7, it talks about, like, but the rest were hardened. It's talking about what then Israel failed to obtain what it was seeking. The elect obtained it. But the rest were hardened as it is written. God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes that would not see and ears that would not hear. And it goes on to talk about it, kind of the same thing with David, too. And that's just, that for me is like a subtle reference to the same kind of hardening that like pharaoh had in like exodus where he's just so set that he yeah god basically gives him over to his own ways and i think that he does that same exact thing with the jews especially in jesus's time and still even going into today still and a lot of people today people would put take that whole idea of like god hardened our hearts as though like god like took them and made, forced them to do something when in reality the hardening of hearts What's hardening even mean? It means it's like it's like setting cement. All God does is set the cement. He doesn't <clears throat> shape the cement. I mean, he does shape the cement. He's in control of everything, but it is only more of what you already are. Is what I'm trying to say. It's not like God, like Pharaoh, one day was like, you know, this Jewish God. I think he's pretty cool. And then God like twisted his will and said, no, you are gonna hate me and my people. No, Pharaoh was already set on this course, and God just said, all right, that's what you want. I'm going to give you over to that. We saw that in Romans 1, where it's talking about God giving them over to their own desires. That's the same kind of concept here. And I think it's really cool that, like, Paul recognizes that that's the same kind of thing that's happening with the Jews. Because it seemed like to him, like, this should be something that they should get. They had the, they had the Hebrew scriptures. Out of everyone in the whole world, they were the closest being able to understand why Jesus was there and what he had to do. And they still missed it. How frustrating do you think it would be for him as like one of the most intelligent Pharisees of his time, someone who lived to study the scripture, to see, to have his eyes opened and see, and then realize everyone is literally inches away from eternal life, but they're choosing to just run in the other direction. So... That's part of the reason why Paul is like pouring his heart out constantly. Like in chapter 10, we saw how he has like this desire for the Jews to be grafted in. And then we see that same desire here in chapter 12, where it says now if their trespasses means riches for the world, and if their failure means riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their full inclusion mean? His, his desires for them to be grafted in completely. And the truth is, is we don't really see this massive revival in the Jewish nation until Revelation. <laughs> like we don't see that until like close to the end um after israel is going to be like israel's the rapture happens and all this stuff goes on and then we see this revival in israel 
that's when we see like massive people turning to Jesus, especially the Jews. But that's not happening yet. And not that there's not Jewish Christians now and that we're not reaching them now, but it's not the same as they're not all, you know, turning to God in mass amounts like we've seen them do in the past. So, yeah. All right. You guys got anything else from like 10 to 15 or 16? Uh, I did like the the one part there. He was talking about uh, off of that heart uh, hardening uh, their uh, hearts and everything. Uh, it, it goes on. He says uh, uh, they did not stumble so as to fall, did they? May it never be. But by their transgression, salvation has come to the Gentiles. Uh, to make them jealous. Now, if their transgression is riches for the world and their failure is riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their fulfillment be? Yeah. That's like, that's like a, a, uh, what's the word? It's like a mic drop moment. That's just like, oh man. <clears throat> yeah. Cause the truth is, is they were all like the Jewish believers and the Gentile believers were all at each other's throats. It was a competition to see who could be, quote-unquote, the better Christian. And to be totally honest, they were both failing. (laughs) So they were both competing for something that none of them were on the race to win because Paul is saying it's not about works. Well, they're like, yeah, but watch me. I can speak in tongues more. Or I can become drunk in the Holy Spirit more. Or I can, you know, look like I have a better... Like that, that That was the attitude of the early church. And he's saying here you guys should stop competing with each other because we need to be working with each other to reach the other who is outside, who is not even in the church. And also something that just shows God's power is how he says, which you read a couple seconds ago, did they stumble in order that they might fall? We mo- most of the time when we look at these terrible situations, like you look at all of Israel's history and how they had so many downs and very little ups, we'd look at that and we'd say, wow, that's that's that kind of sucks but you look at it all and god has used it all to perfectly execute his plan every single time allowing people to like he's like all right i love you guys you guys know that what are you going to do with that oh i see you're going to reject me but that's not going to hinder my plan even though the his people might have this like if you could balance it out it'd probably be weighing way more in the category of them constantly falling away from God rather than them, you know, living up to what they should as God's people. But even in that, God's power is never, ever belittled, not even once. It's like always evident and it's always, he's, he's always in control and it's never that he's ever lost, which is so cool. Cause it's like, so did they stumble in order that they might fall by no means rather through their trespass, Salvation has come to the Gentiles. God has used their failure to bring in the Gentiles. And to be totally honest, did they did they need to fail for the Gentiles to come in? No, because what was what is God's whole point of having a chosen people? That he might be shown through these people. That's the whole point. So if they would have just, say, hypothetical universe, they would have been totally obedient to God almost every step of the way the same effect would have happened. Like, honestly, it all, it all wouldn't have changed, which is crazy to think about because you'd think, Oh, wouldn't that be way more effective? 
No, because that's how powerful God is. <laughs> he doesn't need you to cooperate with his plans because whether you cooperate or not, you're cooperating. <laughs> like whether you're willingly letting yourself be used by God, it's going to happen the way he needs it to happen. You know, the same effect is going to happen. So I think that that verse 11 is really cool. And then verse 12, just like you said, brings it in with the, how much more does their full inclusion mean? And then in verse 13 and like, literally we talk about like Paul being the apostle of the Gentiles and how he kind of reached out to the Gentiles and Peter kind of reached out to the Jews and he literally just calls himself the apostle of the Gentiles. So for those of you who need like little references, write it down. Verse 13 Romans 11, he literally says, I am an apostle to the Gentiles. I, I thought that was just a cool little bit. Yeah, it's, that's basically how I felt about that. Let, let's move on to the next section, guys. <laughs> that was a smooth transition. <laughs> yeah, it was very smooth. <laughs> Even though I wasn't the one talking last. <laughs> yeah. Like it'll, mid-reading. It'll, it'll just <laughs> end with like me saying, yeah, Paul calls himself... Uh, the the apostle to the gentiles and does then, he really and then we go into the... and then it's just <laughs> and then I get the <laughs> yeah, <anyway>. Romans 16 <laughs> watch a speed run the book of Romans read the bible in a day but uh uh in verse 14 yeah, I'm just getting back into it. Anyway, <laughs> verse 13, it ends with, I magnify my ministry in order that somehow to make my fellow Jews jealous and thus save some of them. Like, he's like basically expanding his breach of influence so that more Jews will see him and be like, okay, what's going on here? And then they'll see what's going on in the church and how everybody's like, how are they benefiting from the love of God? They're Gentiles. They're not practicing this. Oh, well, this is Jesus guy then the Jews would eventually hopefully come to Jesus. That was Paul's like hope by reaching the Gentiles, which is really cool. Like we don't often think about that. Like when we think about evangelism, how often do we think like we have like straight up a mission and we have like a strategy. How much of the time is it just us, you know, saying, Oh, I hope God gives me, you know, an opportunity, you know, in the next month. (laughs) Like, Paul was actively going out and searching because he had a plan. Like, he's like, all right, the more Gentiles I reach, and I'm going to reach Gentiles in specific areas, the the more the chance is that Jews will see that and that they will become a part of this because my heart is for them. I have a plan. Yeah, essentially. Arthur. (laughs) And then in verse 15, he says, for if their rejection means reconciliation of the world... What will their acceptance mean but life from the dead? Which is that, that my friend, is carrying on what PJ said as a mic drop moment. What else did you guys have? I'm I Mike. Have in like verse 16, but I'll, I'll let you guys have a moment to soak up the glory. And like, uh, we're kind of, okay, I, how do I wear this? We're not <clears throat> like now. Canceled. <laughs> Dang it! I, I, I was so close. Um, we're not. How do I word this? Because it talks about making the others jealous. Because like we're supposed to, like, be an example. So like others see us with like the joy of the Lord, and they're like, "Why is that person so happy?" And they they almost get jealous of us, and then we're like, "Hey, you know what it is? It's God." Where they're in. If that makes yeah. any sense. 
Yeah, I know. And everything supports that in the Bible. Like, it's like in our weakness, his love is perfected. Like, that's pointing to that. And in Romans, before we read, like, through the struggle and the turmoil that produces character and all that stuff. Like, that is that is exactly what you just said is one of our prime instruments as far as, uh, well, reaching people. <clears throat> yeah, what so. he's trying to say is boast as much as you can. Uh, and act like you have like the greatest life, and then everyone comes flocking to you. And then you I start mean, a like, church. actually, the prosperity gospel is really good for that. Justice, <laughs> <laughs> Dad, <laughs> is that you? Yes. <laughs> yes. Surprise! The 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 the. Uh... The trio, oh, the trio has been may re- reunited. May I see it? No. <laughs> may I see it? Yes. <laughs> Coming back from the, the 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 capitalist regime is justice. Yep. Also yeah, called work. Yeah. Yeah. I Wait. What's our huh? What's our uh, group called now? It's the the Quiet and Cool Quattro. The, no, we have five. Yeah, we, the the sinister Cinco, the Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> Wait, where's the who's the fifth person? Jacob. Oh, Jacob I want to have him guess. It's Where? Michael. <laughs> yeah, the fifth person is Michael. Duh. Yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> anyway, now that justice has. Been beamed in. It's yeah, the now since couplets on a budget, the quint and quint quint. <laughs> the quad. The... And then I, 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 I like the illustration said to where he's like talking about the branches and the roots and like grafting in other branches and all that stuff because it, it really does describe well. Like the Jews really are the root of our faith, as like because we all right. Let's let's break it down. Half of our Bible is the Hebrew Scriptures. Actually, over half of our Bible is the Hebrew Scriptures. And was what was Jesus? He was a Jew. What were the twelve disciples? They were all Jews. We have a Jewish origin. Like everything is rooted in the Jews. Abraham was the father of the nations. All that stuff. So if we forget our roots, <laughs> it's we're in really dangerous territory. And he's not necessarily saying towards the end here. Where he says, uh, for if God did not spare the natural branches, neither will he spare you. He's not necessarily saying, like, you're going to lose your salvation if you become, you know, uh, <laughs> arrogant. Like, if, you, if you've accepted me and you turn and do all this stuff, you're not going to lose your salvation. But he's saying, you guys were literally brought in because of these people. So don't forget them. Because the truth is, if you weren't brought in because of them, you, you wouldn't have been in. <laughs> Because if God didn't spare his own people, which, to be fair, his own people weren't exactly listening to him, which is another story altogether. But if he didn't spare them, why would he have spared you if you guys didn't hear the good news? But you guys did. So don't take that and turn around and go back into this competition with the Jews saying, all right, well, now let's see who's the better Christian. So I think that's a bit too long of a name. I was thinking more like Furious Five or something. No, I was thinking like five. I was, <laughs> I was thinking like Five Guys, <laughs> Burgers and Fries. Well, what do you guys have from like twenty on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
topic. That's all right. We're here for it. <laughs> I like this uh, verse 20, uh, 28. Okay. Where it says, as far as the gospel is concerned, there are enemies for your sake. Like, no. Yeah, that's like tying back to the whole idea. If they didn't do this, you guys wouldn't have believed. Right. <clears throat> Going back to the whole idea, they are the roots here. Like, don't, don't, don't you forget it. Like, that's why my heart. That's why Paul's like, my heart's pouring out for them because they, they, they God chose to use them. So don't forget that. <laughs> Until the end of time, they will always be His chosen people. Not that they can't, you know, make mistakes and or you know reject Him, which they have again and again. Which is why it's a heartbreak here. But I think the. Paul and all these apostles have this mentality that I think we're all lacking. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say this for everybody because I don't know everybody's hearts. But I think we have a, like a huge gap in like compassion towards those who have not been saved. Like a lot of us are just very easy to dismiss. Like, oh, well, you know what? You've rejected this or you haven't heard this. So you just go on and do what you want to do. But we forget like this is life and death. You know, like this is heartbreaking stuff. If someone doesn't accept Jesus when they die, they don't get another chance after that. I like to add uh, something to that because mm-hmm. I was telling PJ the other day, which is really, it's definitely a God moment that you just brought that up because I was telling PJ the other day during in school, I was sitting by a couple of people. I kind of know them, but um, uh, they were talking about like, pretty controversial subjects and stuff but they got across to the bible and um this guy was talking about the bible and, and then um my this other kid sitting next to me he's like so do you believe in jesus do you like read the bible and stuff and he's like yeah yeah i do and um the kid's like oh so um wouldn't that make you a sinner then and he's like what do you, what do you mean because like what do you mean i don't really see myself as a sinner i was like okay well i mean that's not really right but and then um he said well because you're bisexual i was like okay what are we getting into here and the guy and then um the guy's like yeah i've 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 read the bible and stuff and it, it it's just a part of misinterpretation of even if he like i don't know if he actually did does read the bible but like he just takes a point where it says God will accept anyone into his kingdom. And he like, that's just what he used. And like, he created us all special, but like not in that way. But um, like, it was just the, that point where like, I was like, I was so close. I was, I had it on my phone, like the verses that in early Romans, like chapter one, where it's like telling him about like the bisexual and lustful, you know, and I was so close to this. I don't even know why I didn't say anything, but I was like on the, it was on the tip of my tongue and I was just listening to what this guy was saying. And yeah, he was just, it was just misinterpretation. It was a matter of life and death. It's like, if that was to happen again, I know I wouldn't even hesitate. Like, it's just, that's just yeah. something that. <clears throat> well, and the reality of the situation is, is we kind of, we, we definitely, we delve into this with Christopher Cohen when we were talking about homosexuality and 
There are no sins that trump God's power of salvation. Mm-hmm. There are no sins of that, 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 that can override that. So if you get the gospel, if you believe Jesus was who he said he was, if you believe that he was the Messiah, he was God and man, he was God and man, the God man, and he came and that we have a sin problem and he died to fix that problem, you're in. The rest of that stuff, what he said technically isn't wrong. Well, aren't you, you, you can't be saved because you're bisexual. That's technically wrong because the truth is, is what is this whole idea of sexual immorality? What is it? It's sin at the core. You could just call it one thing. It's sin. And did we all have sin before Jesus? And did we all have sin after Jesus? <clears throat> yes, we will not have sin forever. That's what we can look forward to. And our goal is to get towards that now. We're not going to get there. But the whole point of us coming together as a community, as believers, is, first of all, how are we going to make <clears throat> the verse where Paul's talking about, I wanted to make the Jews jealous. How are we going to make the world jealous about this love that we have if we're ha- if we're going to live in the same love that the world has All right honestly because god calls us to a higher love god calls us to a love that is is not all about me he calls us to a love that really it's it's he spelled it out for us when he said be perfect as i am perfect now god knows we're not going to be perfect as he is perfect but it's this pursuit And it's not us like, you know, constantly living in defeat because we're like, oh, we're not perfect. But it's us constantly pursuing that because we know that that if one day we will come into this beautiful new body and new creation where we won't be that anymore. So, yeah, it's I'm just honestly hearing that in school. Like, I'm glad that people are talking about it because I sometimes feel like people don't even talk about it as much anymore. And it, it, it really does need to be talked about because they are hard questions to have their answers in the scriptures. But a lot of people are too afraid to answer them. So, yeah. And plus, I think God gives us those moments because then we, like, realize we, we get equipped for next time. Like you said, next time that happens, you wouldn't even hesitate. And even then, like, it makes us answer them because it's like, all right, well, how would I answer this? Right. And I know I've had plenty of moments like that. I don't know if you and PJ and Michael Justice, you guys have, I'm sure you have plenty of like equipping moments where it's like, maybe I should have, or maybe like I I could have jumped in or whatever, but it helped you be equipped for the next time. Mm -hmm. So yeah, but we definitely, we have a mission and the mission is we have a mission because we have, we do have a time like, we don't have, like, an infinity amount of time to reach all these people. You never know when you pass by someone whether tomorrow's their last day on this earth or not, or even if tomorrow's your last day on this earth or not. And even more looming, whether Jesus is coming back the next instant or not. Like, that's, for me, is the most encouraging, but it's also the most, like, all right, uh, Joshua Vineyard always says it best where he says, are you going to go out on empty? Like, this idea of, are you going to go out with gas in the tank? Or are you going to go out on empty, giving all that you have so that when it's time, there's nothing left in you? That's how we should strive to go. Because people's lives are on the line. Like, this is huge. And why we get these things right is so that we don't confuse them and, you know, push them away from something. So, yeah, very cool. I love the end um, <clears throat> when Paul says, uh, like, right in the middle of where he's writing, he says, uh, 33... Yeah. Oh, how, oh, how greater God's riches and wisdom and knowledge 
how impossible it is for us to understand his decisions and his ways. Like at like in the middle of writing this letter, he just gets so in awe of God's wisdom and like his plan and his knowledge that he just has to write it down. Like, mm-hmm. and I, I, I love that. Yeah. And then carrying on in like verse 34, 35, where he says, for who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? Like, I, when we, me and me and Keenan were reading through that, immediately when I read that, I just thought of Job, when like Job is like challenged by God because Job is like complaining. He like starts to complain, and God's like, "All right, gird yourself up like a man and face me." Like <laughs> it's like this. It's this idea of you can't offer me anything, and he's not saying that as like to you know belittle us. He's saying that to say, "But I am giving you everything." Like we downsize that so much because we always think we have something to offer, which no offense, we don't. <laughs> we we really we really don't. Like even Paul the Apostle, the apostle, the man who was possibly taught by Jesus for a short time, Jesus appeared to him and converted him, says in verse 34, for who has known the mind of the Lord? <laughs> Like, if anyone should be able to, you know, think that they have a grasp, it would be Paul, you'd think. But he he expresses himself like no one has been able to give him counsel. No one can give God counsel. And what's counsel? It's just like advice. Like, all right, I'm in a spot. I need help. God's never been in a spot where he needed help. And even he would never come to us. (laughs) He has everything he needs. He is so much above it all, which is so cool. So cool. And, and then he, <clears throat> at least he doesn't necessarily end it because chapter 12 goes on, but it's a good place for us to <clears throat> end it anyway. It says, for him, for from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. And that really sums us all up because we're talking about how God uses failure as well as success how he uses a rejecting people as well as an accepted people because there was always his remnant how he uses all these things and they all still will all be justified in the end and they will all be dealt with and his plan will be perfectly executed without a hitch now that's incredible and that is totally worthy of verse 36 where it says for from him and through him and to him are all things that's only something that God can be attributed, honestly. But, yeah. You guys have any closing thoughts before we wrap this up with a few shout-outs? <sighs> Justice, you have any closing thoughts? No. I mean, summed up pretty well. We wanted to hear from you. You've been gone for so long. All right, Jacob. <laughs> what's, your, what's, your, what's, your, what's your thoughts? My thoughts. We're in chapter 11. Sure. Um, well, it's just like if uh, it's really chapter 11, really is just uh, about to me, it's like about just reaching out, you know, reaching out to all these people and like kind of clarifying some stuff you know like uh, like um where it's like in um 
well right away where it's like did god reject his people stuff it's just it's just clarifying and then reaching out to people and uh yeah i just think that's quite a bit of all of that packed in there mm-hmm. yeah and it's also like this reminder of the gift we've been given <laughs> honestly mm-hmm. like as as people as gentiles because we're i'm pretty sure we're all gentiles here unless michael you're hidden you like you're jew well, well um reveal your ethnicity right now <laughs> on <laughs> takes off mask because um guys i actually am billy joel i actually am jewish hey wait a minute we have jewish blood yeah, on both sides yeah yeah well then there you go we have two non-gentile but technically they're samaritans because they're not pure Jew. Oh, actually, I'm Republican. Yeah, I'm actually American. <laughs> actually, they're African American. I'm, I'm actually a. I'm actually a. I'm actually a Wisconsinite. You were American. <laughs> I'm actually a pack. I don't really have a political party. <laughs> I actually voted for Kanye in 2020s. <laughs> and we're back to Kanye. Just it always comes full circle. <laughs> Always. Actually, the, the people listening would have never heard about Kanye because it was before. So you know that that reminds me. It always is about Kanye. You know, even I mean, he, through the history of the world. I mean, he was on the moon, wasn't he? Guess who? Yeah, Kanye was in the center of it all. It's oh, just gosh. we're alluding to so That's, much. Uh, you uh, people aren't even ready. Uh, you, you're not even ready. Anyway, let's get to some shoutouts. Uh, do you guys have any? Because I have a few. I'm the shout out guy. <laughs> shout out to um. Uh, hoping you uh find it. <laughs> Never mind. Shout out to Pete Davidson. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> Why? Oh my goodness! They're gonna think Michael has sold out to the mainstream culture with all these pop references he's been making. Michael, hey, local podcast. It's per- It's it's called soda. Pop. It's it's. Never mind. That wasn't fun. Okay, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. It's so- actually. No shout outs here. Um, man. Shout out to my barber, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we, I have a few. Uh, shout out to, uh, well, Kenan for going through uh, Romans 11 with me. Me and him had a great time uh, having a little Bible study there mm-hmm. on it. Woo. And shout out to Lena and Jackie for eavesdropping in on it. Um, you did. And then for those of you who are not as connected, which you might have already know, shout out to my future baby daughter. Woo! I hope you never listen to these. <laughs> <laughs> we must burn these before she's in. <laughs> you must never see me as I was when I was young and burned through. But I thought that was part of the whole point of doing these was to be as a time capsule. It was. Yeah, and this, then I realized, yeah. I realized this whole thing is actually like, like and then I <laughs> realized time capsules are cringe. Yeah. <laughs> And now we, we need to burn them. I think we need to sell oh, call. We burn through them. I guarantee you, I will just, never like, remove these. Give them all You're telling them. me I can't put 24 hours of audio in a time capsule? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. But uh, shout out to, uh, there's, there's, wow, there's like so many people not only getting married. But there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of kids being born. There are a lot of kids being. And born. shout out to my friend. On that note. Shout out to my future uh, co-softball coach, dad, uh, Joshua 
Joshua, and also Max. His kid. Because Max is also having a goal. And he Wait. Will, she will also join our softball team, and we will become unstoppable. Wait, was, was Max the one? Was he at the... Max is the one. Okay. <laughs> Max is that one guy. Yeah. Um, if he listens that... to this, I, I, I highly doubt it. <laughs> but, you know, on the off chance that he does, and this just makes his day, or breaks his day because he listened to all of this podcast. <laughs> shout out to Max. Yeah, and shout out to Josh's kid, who uh, we don't know the, the gender for yet, but we will soon. <laughs> <laughs> It will soon be revealed. <laughs> you guys don't know it yet, but uh, oh, it's a shock. Yeah, we'll have Josh as a special guest. <laughs> he will reveal the baby's gender on this podcast. Hey, uh, hey I'm, I'm calling it now just so it's just so it's in recording. Okay, it's going to be a boy. You think right? boy? Josh I think thought, it's a boy. Josh thought girl. Well, Josh, what, what does he know about his own kid? Yeah, honestly. <laughs> it's because we're in a peacetime kind of. Well, okay, anyway. I'm not going to get into the logistics of this. It's a point. <clears throat> I, I, I agree. Uh, but technically, not now we're in peacetime, but at the time we were in peacetime. There's a huge correlation between the need of soldiers and whether there's a lot of girls or boys. It's actually kind of cool. Well, we're getting into wartime, so... Um... <laughs> now we're getting into wartime, so if you want a boy... Send them off to Ukraine.